This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 37. Coming up, we discuss processed foods. What's okay and what should we avoid? Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast, the podcast dedicated to navigating how we can improve our health and well-being through small healthy habits we can start right now. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica. Every other week, we're going to sit down with a health expert from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. We'll get into topics covering nutrition, fitness, a whole lot more. If you've been following us, we do that. We really dig into some cool topics. And on this episode, we're talking about different levels of food processing and how it affects the health of our diet. With me today again for a return visit from last week. Look at that. Uh, we've got Grace DeRocha, who's back. She's a registered dietitian, certified diabetes educator, certified health coach at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Loves food, loves her kids, loves her husband, loves her family, and loves to inform us. Yes. And we love having you on this episode. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's always a pleasure. Processed, not processed. Sometimes it's a trick. Sometimes they make it look like it's not processed. That is true. I mean, really, I drive right. into McDonald's drive through I'm just saying, and I get the bag of apples, slices, oh, yeah. and I put them in the fridge because the grandkids don't eat them, and I notice the next day they look the same. Somehow, <laughs> there was a little processing, right? I mean, they look fresh, and they're still tasting good. I'm not saying they're right. bad for you, but there are different levels of processing. There de- yes, there definitely right? is. And I think it is using the word processed, we kind of know Either it's not the best idea mm-hmm. and that we have to do a little bit better. And if I could, you're going to hear me throughout say, one of the things that I always try to tell people is to have more whole foods, less processed. Sure. And, and essentially meaning less processed foods. But that word processed, basically the definition of it is very simple. Processed foods are foods that have been deliberately changed in some way. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about stages of that, but that is the simple, most real definition of processed foods. But you know, in our daily lives, we're taking in things that, because we're on the go a lot, mm-hmm. you're on the go a ton. And so even my coffee in a K-cup, that's processed. It is. We put something in the microwave at home to heat it back up after last night's leftovers. We're reprocessing. I mean, we're processing something, right? Yes. So sometimes we do it to ourselves, but the overall goal is to not get stuff that's been converted somehow. Right. Right? Absolutely. Stay as close as we can to fresh, as you say. Absolutely. All right. So processed foods, they've been deliberately changed. Is that always bad then? Not always. So picking an apple off the tree is technically processed because you have <laughs> right. done something to it to change it in some way. It's not growing anymore on the tree. Mm-hmm. You've taken it down. Yeah. So what I want people to realize is that there's different degrees of it, but then there's ways that we can still do better. And that's kind of what this is about today. And processing is also adding something to a product. So we hear a lot about hydrogenated oils. I mean, there are certain ones that just kind of jump to the top. But what other additives, what other things are put in that we would consider processing? So any kind of additive to help the shelf life is a simple way to put it. Some of the most common ones, and I know you're going to know some of these, MSG, mm-hmm. monosodium glutamate. So that is one of the most common additives that enhances flavor. And Doesn't that keep meat looking fresher too? Yeah. Like it doesn't get that brownish gray yes. color, right? And mostly you'll see them in uh, any of those frozen dinners or frozen meals. Okay. 
on the meat, even salty snacks or things that are canned because it adds flavor, Mm -hmm. but then also kind of helps with that shelf life of that particular food product. And can't you have reactions to some of that stuff? Because some people will get, uh, what is it that's in some wines that they get, people get headaches? I don't mean because they drank too much, right? Sulfites. Yeah. So that's an additive. Yeah. So that's the same thing with MSG Mm -hmm. is that some people are really sensitive to that and will get headaches and migraines and feel pretty sick from, you know, and, and depending on the person, different additives can have an impact on how you feel. Mm. And then when I look at other products, I'm now, I have become a real, uh, I guess, a, a pro at reading labels. Mm-hmm. I find it to be a nice challenge because yes. I'm looking at ingredients, but I'm also looking at salt content, et cetera. Right. It amazes me how many times fancy words emulsifier, right? Something <laughs> got, th- you know, I love, I love as a little snack, I have to admit a sugar-free pudding. Yeah. It's a little 60 calorie thing. Yeah. But how did it get so thick? There's, so there's usually two main emulsifiers, very good, that help thicken up a food product okay. and also help with shelf life. Guar gum, have you heard that before? I have. Yeah, so that is used to thicken and bind foods like ice cream or salad dressing, sauces, soups. Mm-hmm. And then there's also carrageenan. Mm-hmm. which is also used to thicken, emulsify, help preserve food products. You can find it in cottage cheese, okay, almond milk, ice cream, coffee creamers, dairy-free products. So there are some studies that have shown that both of those can possibly increase blood sugar and increase inflammation in the body. So this is an interesting thing to parse, and you'll forgive me for I'm not a doctor. I just play one on a podcast. <laughs> When you say guar gum, am I wrong that that's something derived from a tree? It is. So does that not seem like a natural additive? Like there would be certain additives that would freak people out. They've got a yes. long name and it's polypropyl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It sounds like it should be in my windshield washer right, fluid, like, right? Absolutely. But then there's stuff like guar gum and I'm like, I don't know. Should I be so freaked out? Yeah. So guar gum in natural state does come from a tree yeah. and from a plant. So I like if I'm picking, sorry. Guar gum I like better than carrageenan. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so something to note, definitely. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's 60% of the food that we eat is processed. Yeah, wow. So 60% of our calorie intake that we're having, especially in America, mm-hmm. has gone through some processing. And again, we know that there's levels to that, but interesting to note. And also, anything that has a food label has been processed. Oh, Okay. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. So and again, that's a default right. we should look at. Yeah. And again, if we're thinking about what the definition is that I gave, yeah, I mean, there there is a big spectrum and wide range of what that can look like. Like, uh, what is it? Triscuits usually only has three ingredients, wheat, water, and salt. So when you're talking about probably more simple processing mm-hmm. because there's less ingredients mm-hmm. as something that is obviously processed because there's a label and it comes in a box. But You're saying there's no preservative in, in one of those no, crackers? Oh, not. very intriguing. The flavored yeah. ones have yeah, some, right. but like standard, mm-hmm. no. So it's interesting to take note of that as a label reader, as you're trying to be more informed and more educated about the decisions you're making and the mm-hmm. food you're putting into your body. So I'm seeing, uh, even in restaurants, GMO is being put on. You know, we go through these phases, and I don't know that this is a bad phase, but I see GMO a lot. Explain that for all of us. Yes. So 
the definition, GMO stands for genetically modified organism. So that is food that's produced from plants or animals whose DNA has been altered via genetic engineering. Mm -hmm. But let's just point this out. There are some corn on the cobs that we may get o- have gotten over the summer that have been tinkered with the little yes. kernel before they grow it, but yet it still comes on a plant. I could have picked it in Iowa and eat it and think it's all okay, but it has been changed a little bit. So yes. it doesn't, you know, it's, it's pest resistant or whatever. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. So 85% of processed foods in the U.S. are GMOs. 85%? Yes. So there has been tinkering along the way. But are we? Are you seeing, as you look at all the research and you digest, forgive the pun, all this stuff, are you finding any reason for us to be concerned when it really is just they've created an apple that's more aromatic and it just it has a better shelf life? He's going to make me answer this. Um, so if I was on a soapbox, yeah. I'm going to go on one right now. Yeah. Ideally, in the perfect world, I would like people not to have GMOs because we don't know long-term what the impact is mm. on our human bodies. You know what I mean? So you and I share some, we share a lot of things because our families knew each other, you know, yes. and still do. But we also share this love of apples and peanut butter. We've yes. talked about it, right? I just cut into an apple the other day. I forget which ones I bought. I thought a bouquet of roses had just shown up in my kitchen. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I'm smelling it thinking over time, flowers are less aromatic for whatever reason. Right. Roses, they don't even smell sometimes. Right. You know, I buy something for Susan because I got in trouble. I open up an app. I cut an apple, and I'm thinking, wow, I don't remember apples smelling this good. Did it smell like a sweet apple? Uh, it did, but it smelled like it. It smelled to me like it had a flowering. floral arra- you know, arrangement showed up on my plate, and I thought, that can't be an accident. I know that they want me to think, this is the best apple ever. I'm going to buy more of that apple. You're smart. But is that a GMO? They've tinkered probably. with it probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes, because of the population and the supply and demand, there's less supply and mm-hmm. there's more demand. Many of the things that have been done, like you mentioned with the corn or potentially those apples, yeah. was they have tinkered with it to help it flourish, grow faster, and kind of be more pest resistant. And be more appealing to me when I cut into it, right? Mm-hmm. But you're telling me something. I'm playing the other end of the statistics now. 85%, you just said have been tinkered with, if you Mm -hmm. will. That means you're only allowing us 15% of the product mix to go pick from. That's going to be tough for people on the go. I mean, if you're really into organic and you know what you're doing, I get it. But for a lot of us mere mortals, (laughs) we're just trying to get, I just want four apples, got to go. I know. know. There are certain companies that are trying to avoid using GMO products, you know, and sometimes they're even having their own, like Ben & Jerry's. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue mm-hmm. Diamond, Annie's, Aunt Millie's, Activia, Dan. So there are some that are trying to do better. And I would assume that that's more than just a marketing prank, that we really are maybe gravitating toward those. We're, we're going out of our way to find those mm-hmm. non-GMO products, right? Right. Yeah. And, and even if someone who's listening, this gives them a moment to think about it, be a little more informed, mm-hmm. try to make a better decision most of the time. When yeah. they can. So I use the word organic like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, it just it just sounds organic, right? Yeah. That's all I know. So what does it really mean? What's the definition? So organic are non-GMO foods free of synthetic additives like any pesticides, any chemical fertilizers and dyes. So that is the real definition of organic. 
And in general, it's supposed to be better for you all the time, right? To get an organic head of lettuce versus otherwise. Yes. Is it worth paying the difference, you think? Most of the time. All right. So I'm going to drill down on this for just a minute. Oh, here you go. You're a mom, right? (laughs) I'm going to assume what my wife Susan has said to me. I've asked her, what is your job when you go shopping? She said to bring home the best value, the biggest shopping buck that we could spend on things that we need for our house. Within reason, not buying dumb things that are going to hurt you. You look at the price of some organics and you would wonder, am I really going to pay that much more for the carrots? What do you think as a mom that's shopping for your own family? What do you do? So oftentimes when I know there's certain things that are grown that are using more pesticides Mm -hmm. or fertilizer, uh, usually berries is a great example. I try to usually buy organic berries. Okay. Because I know that they use a lot of different things to help grow those. You mean like blueberries or what kind Strawberry, of berries? Yeah. Strawberries, yeah. Yeah, strawberry, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries too. All of them. Wow. So for me and my family, I since I know that, mm-hmm. I try to then keep those more organic. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, we grow our own garden for a lot of things too. Mhm. And yep. what are you getting out of your garden? Even now, still producing um, something. Maybe. Yep. Well, lots yeah. of herbs and spices, like we yeah. kind of talked about right. last week. But I have tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchini, eggplants, mm-hmm. bell peppers. Yeah. I do have a watermelon and a cantaloupe growing right now. Which is going exciting. well? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But like they're <laughs> they're small, but they're going to get, I feel like it's going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say zucchini? Yeah. Zucchini. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you, do you can anything? Will you put it in a jar yourself? I feel like our garden isn't big enough to Mm -hmm. can most things. But when we do go like picking, like we we usually go berry picking. And I try to pick a farm that is organic. We'll freeze some of that for smoothies and oatmeal and things later. So when I hear other phrases and I see things on a salad dressing, you know, low sugar or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. the other one that's been around for a while, which we now will discuss Low fat. Yes. What is the true definition and what's supposed to be happening in that product if it's low fat? So this is what I tell people about this outside labeling slash marketing. So if you have something that is made and it's 100%, and if you say now it's like low fat or low sugar, that means they've usually taken out some fat mm-hmm. to make it lower fat, but there is still some, but then usually to still keep it at 100% to keep it filled, they usually add things, whether that be sugar or salt or additives, to allow that to still look and feel and taste like what you might usually know if it was 100% fat. Mm-hmm. that makes sense? So what I've seen, and I don't know about all the other ways, but mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed low-fat items, especially salad dressings, tend to have more sugar. Mm-hmm. Because you're losing that sensation on your tongue of the fat, right? Mm -hmm. That satiation of, oh, it tastes good. It's like a burger, man. I dug into it. And fat adds flavor. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's one of the things. It is sugar then. Yeah. Sugar, salt. Mm -hmm. So low fat means it's reduced fat content, but yes, generally higher in salt and sugar to kind of make up for taste and texture. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would just tell people maybe use the full fat one, depending on the person and their health goals, but... If you like how the full fat version tastes, maybe stick with that and use a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Or if you're making a homemade 
raspberry vinaigrette with olive oil or something. Yeah. I, right? Get I mean, if you're there. really using good stuff or you're infusing it, like yeah. our last episode, you're talking about rosemary and stuff right. in and the olive oil. Right, and you and I have talked about some of those good heart-healthy oils in the yeah. past yeah. that are important to start to incorporate for good heart health. Mm-hmm. Use those. Yeah. And you don't need as much, you know, once you add the vinegar, acid, or other herbs and spices. And it seems as we talk about all these uh, categories of processed foods, moderation has got to be a word that, you know, if you're doing it all the time and all you're eating is fast food and all you're eating right. is stuff that's got, you know, been tinkered with, yeah. well, maybe that's an issue. But if you really are being careful and you add a little bit of low-fat yes. salad dressing, you're probably all right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything in moderation. Yeah. Even moderation. So if we look across, <laughs> if we look across the horizon, there are some accepted categories of processed food: minimally processed, moderate, and ultra processed. Yes. I know we're getting a little wonky here, but what does that mean to all of us? What is minimal processing? So minimal would be foods that have been washed or peeled, sliced, juiced, frozen, dried, even pasteurized. Mm-hmm. Food is changed only a small amount between the farm and us. So my frozen bag of blueberries in the winter, because I didn't find them maybe, mm-hmm. although that now those are coming more regularly, yeah. but they're flash frozen right off a bush, yep. put in flash washed. frozen, washed, and then they're right in the bag. Yes. So not so bad. So that would be your minimal. Even like when you buy pre-washed lettuce, that's another mm-hmm. minimal category. Nuts that may be roasted. Sure. Minimal frozen fruits, frozen vegetables, dried fruits, rice. What is the stuff that they that irradiate? What is it that they do to kill germs? I know that there was some food that they were putting down some conveyor belt and running it under some kind of radiation to kill. Yeah, so like really high heat. Yeah. But is yeah. that, that's still processing. Yes, that's definitely yeah. processing. Yeah. And you wonder if it's converting any of the cells of that food product. Right? Or like taking away some of the health benefit that might have mm-hmm. been there. Yeah, killing off the good heat. stuff mm-hmm. for the gut health or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So then if we get to moderate processing... We're still talking about moderation, but what does that mean? What is moderate? So foods that have ingredients that add things for taste or texture or appearance, like some of those additives, could include sweeteners, oils, spices, coloring. Oh, we didn't even get into coloring. Oh. And preservatives. Why don't we hear a lot about that anymore? I remember a long time ago, you know, red dye number whatever was bad and that this was bad. Well, remember when we were kids, the... Some of the fever reducers were cherry flavored and it was red. And now yeah. they're not, they're clear. Right. So I think we've tried to make some adjustments with things. Even my kids' colorful rainbow goldfish do not use dye. They use beet juice to make it oh, red. Oh, yeah. yeah. Turmeric and carrot juice mm-hmm. to make it orangey or yellow. And then spinach or a different green vegetable juice to make it green. Yeah. But some products are still using food dye. But are we finding, we don't hear about it anymore, even with whatever color you could pick out of the rainbow, that any of those are bad. You don't hear stories about that as much as you hear about other things like processed or GMO. But they're not great. So like that coloring process is processed. Mm -hmm. But I think we're, I think, yeah, I feel like you're right. I don't think we hear about it as much, but it's definitely still something that we have to watch out for. So I can only admit this to you. Nobody's listening, right? But, <laughs> it, you know, if I walk down the aisle, I was just shopping with Susan the other day, and I happened to cut right down the cake-making aisle. I didn't buy anything, but there's the yellow cake box. And it hit me because I knew what we were going to talk about. And as I'm walking past there, I'm thinking, you know, that flower that's in that yellow cake box, that isn't yellow. 
No. So that's got yellow dye, blah, 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 mm-hmm. right? I mean, so some products, it's just a slight little change. It, yeah. It, yeah. Still look good to me. I didn't get it. But, I know. Yeah. Yellow cake is one of my favorites. Oh, chocolate frosting? <laughs> yes. Are you kidding? Okay, that's so standard. now now we get to the evil Darth Vader category, ultra <laughs> processed. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> what does that mean? So these are foods that are industrially formulated mixtures that are no longer recognizable as their original plant or animal source. So they're full of additives and artificial things. So think like fast food, soda, candy, Mm -hmm. chips, crackers, Mm -hmm. deli meat, frozen dinners, frozen pizzas even. They've really... Wait, frozen pizza's bad? Well, it depends on the kind. I'm kidding. Yeah. But yeah, so... They've really, they've really changed it up. <laughs> but now there are fake burgers made out of plants, and everybody's, this is like a rage. But, but it that's, doesn't look like a plant anymore. It's, proce- it's ultra-processed, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Hmm. Because so it, I think that's the key. If it doesn't look like what it originally was. Speaking of, those add beet juice to look like the blood of a... I know. And coconut oil. And I mm-hmm. learned this from Grace DeRocha. If an oil <laughs> sits in a room at room temperature and it's rather solid, maybe not the best choice of an oil. Am I right? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, and then it liquefies when you cook it? Or, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, all right, we can go down that rabbit hole in another episode. <laughs> but is everything that's in this range of minimally, moderately, and ultra-processed foods, is it then just a choice of moderation? Like, what if you do, like, regular peanut butter that has some oil? And I know it's all put together by somebody. Yeah, I would say, think, how often are you eating it? Mm-hmm. So this, this is something that I think about with my family, too. Yeah. My kids like peanut butter, so we try not to get that kind because there are different kinds that even add sugar or other oils when peanuts already have oil. Yeah. So if it's something that you're having often, then try to make the better decision. Because mm-hmm. it's interesting. There is different research showing different things, but like the hunger hormone, ghrelin, we all have it, but it is released more frequently in ultra-processed diets because the way they make food, it triggers in the brain reward. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I have read other studies that indicate, and I won't name the companies, that some of the fast food companies purposefully mm-hmm. have upped that. Maybe it's not Garland, but they've upped something to make me crave more of what they're trying to sell me, yeah. whether it's fries or burgers or whatever. Well, and there was a study, it was just last year at U of M, right here, where they studied people that were eating a lot of processed foods, mm-hmm. uh, more in that ultra-processed range, junk foods, if you yeah, will. Yeah. And they noted that coming off of that was similar to drug addicts coming off of drugs and the feeling that they were feeling Interesting. because of how they felt when they ate those types of foods. See, and we didn't even get to the category of diet food, right? I mean, if you look right. at some of these prepackaged frozen meals that are already there and they're a low-cal... Kind right. of thing. If you look at the amount of processing and what's in them, mm-hmm. including sodium and sugar, maybe not sugar content, it's astounding. Yes. Yeah. And sodium is just, it's not good for inflammation. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your blood pressure. Yeah. It's not good for your taste buds. You know, we have taste buds. and It is for that first minute, though. <laughs> Come on. I mean, if you add salt to, you know, even if on that little watermelon you're growing, I don't do this. My wife used to do that as a kid. Little, My cousin used to do little that. Little salt, not sugar, salt. On, yes, no. on fruit, and it just it does kick it up a notch mm-hmm. for at least that brief moment. But not good she doesn't. for it. Susan. You don't need. She salt doesn't do it. that now. Yeah. No, 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 no. 
But yeah, no, I had a cousin who added salt and sugar to watermelon, and I was like, what are you doing? Susan grew up, I thought that this was the strangest thing. Salt on stuff like watermelon and sugar on green beans. It was like completely, she's from the south, I'm from the north, and I looked at her like, what? What? I mean, there is something about that sweet, salty combo. Yeah. Yeah, But this wasn't together. This was just a flavor enhancer. You could call it natural. (laughs) You know, it was just salt or sugar, but very strange. But it does something for your palate. Yeah. It really does. Well, and I I do want to remind people, like, come back to try, like, tasting food in that whole food original state and enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Taste a green bean for it being a green bean. I know it seems boring at times. I know, but it's so good. It doesn't need all that butter and salt, does it? No. No. All right, so how do we set ourselves up for success going forward? What should we be doing and not doing? And let's talk about what we shouldn't worry about because yeah. goodness knows there's enough to worry about. So I think things like I mentioned, if it's something that you're having pretty often, foods mm-hmm. that you're having often, I think peanut butter is probably a good example in, in my house. My kids love that for lunch. Yeah. I use it as one of my favorite snacks. So we try to pick a peanut butter that is less processed mm-hmm. and non-GMO. Okay. So keeping that in mind and then also thinking of practical swaps. So if you are having fruit yogurt, for example, maybe get a plain Greek yogurt and then add your own fruit. One, because oftentimes there's extra added sugars in fruit yogurt. And because there's fruit in it, now you have to stabilize it with some kind of additive so that it doesn't go bad. You know what I mean? So these things piggyback off of each other when you could do something like a plain yogurt or plain Greek yogurt, so there's protein, and then you add your own fruit, and boom, delicious, less Mm -hmm. processed. A little more work and a little more planning if you were not really just grabbing that little container to be on the go. Yes, and to be fair, yeah, I mean, that is fair. But you probably have fruit in your house. Well, most people. (laughs) Yeah, and you probably have. I've seen some that have that little side cup of honey. Really? Mm -hmm. You could still just add honey yourself, right? I mean, you could. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly my point. So there's a lot of different things. You know, keep an eye out for things that are hydrogenated, that add Mm -hmm. trans fat, because we know there's some things that we definitely know are bad, like that. Mm -hmm. Trans fats, we know, are bad for the body, increase free radicals, can potentially cause cancer. Okay. There are things that, you know, obviously like candies or sugary cereals that have colors are using food dyes most of the time. Mm-hmm. Those little orange slices that are covered in little sprinkle sugar, are those bad for you? I'm just asking for a friend. You can have them sometimes. <laughs> okay. All right. Just... Or like you said, like those apple slices that are... Yeah. No, I meant candy. It's really candy in a bowl that I know is not there for me to just walk past every day. But Susan, oh, she's evil. She's evil. That's Because I can't, I can't look at them and not eat them. You know, <laughs> it's just the way it is. What about paying attention? What about getting yourself indoctrinated? to reading the labels. This was a tipping point moment for me. I thought that's going to be the most boring, cerebral, I'm not going to ever do it. And I started doing it and tracking. So I'm actually answering to my little app on the phone. Making yourself accountable. Yes. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, I get to this tipping point and boom. And now I look at every can and it blows my mind what I'm discovering. If you know better, you do better, usually. Ah, So I'm glad that you reached that tipping point. And I'm hoping that more people will do that. Yeah. If you look at a label and you look at the ingredients and there are a million things you can't pronounce or you're like, what it it sounds like some weird alien life form, maybe 
back away from the weird alien life form ingredients. Well, this is your Triscuit rule, kind of, right? right? Yeah. I mean, three ingredients. Less and ingredients. Less and, ingredients. And in the order that they are listed on that ingredient list. So if you're kicking off with high fructose corn syrup, that means in that product, there's the most of that ingredient. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's intriguing because that's a whole different thing when it comes to talking about additives and ingredients because you will notice the sweet potato chip or whatever sweet potato cracker, right? And mm-hmm. we try to find the sweet potato on that list of all that stuff that makes up the cracker. It's mid-range, if not even lower. Yes. But you, until you read the label, you don't get it. You think, well, that's got to be made out of... The, the thing is, the whole thing right. is made out of sweet potato. And you could easily buy a sweet potato, cut it thin, throw it in your oven, and make your own sweet potato chip. Oh, that is so much work, Grace DeRocher. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, not everybody has the time. I know. But I know what you mean. Right. And I'm just saying, it doesn't have to be every day, but maybe try it. Like, experiment. Get, Mm -hmm. you know, we talked about that last week with herbs and spices. You can be, and if that's something you're eating all the time, if you're buying those sweet potato crackers or sweet potato chips all the time Mm -hmm. and eating them regularly, maybe try to make some sometimes, you know, for yourself. So we're coming out of the season as we're racing out of summer toward mm-hmm. fall, but we're still seeing farmers markets in places yes. based yeah. on late growing vegetables and, and fruits. Like apple orchards, yeah, you know, with winter squashes, pumpkins, apples, pears. Those are definitely it's still in season into the fall, especially here in Michigan. So I've got to assume a big thumbs up from you that if you've never done this, it's not a bad thing to do. Yeah. Right? Visit those places Absolutely. for some of your produce. Yeah. Absolutely. And the farmers will tell you and you can ask them. You know, is this organic? What did you use to grow it? If it was just a farm and they used fertilizer from the cow, you Mm -hmm. know, as opposed to a chemical one, then you know it's more whole foody and less tampered with. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, to some brains, it still sounds kind of weird. If you gave me the choice between cow platters and, you know, a little spray from somewhere, I don't know. But I know what your point is, you know. Just make sure you wash it properly. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> and then I've heard this phrase, and I want you to explain it. When you're going to the grocery store, you're going to shop the perimeter. Yes. Okay. What is that? Less process around the perimeter. So if you think of your local grocery store, the one that you go to, yeah. there's usually your produce. Right. You know, on the outside. Uh-huh. And then maybe like the meat market or fish. And I want to come back. Keep going in the circle, but I want to come back to the meat counter. But go yeah. ahead. Maybe, well, I guess a little bit like your cheese and dairy. And, and then maybe your bakery, depending on what kind of breads and mm-hmm. things are there, right? Exactly. But yeah. when you're talking about the aisles, that's most of your food labeling. The straight aisles is where we're finding the cake with the frosting in the can, <laughs> right? <laughs> the aisle that I went down right. to try to cut across your the Your frozen store. dinners. Right. Your crackers and soups that have... A lot of sodium and guar gum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you're looking to, you've just come into the store, you're trying to put together a meal. You didn't mm-hmm. have a plan. You didn't make right, a right. list. It's like a last-minute deal. Yeah. Staying and shopping the perimeter by default is kind of healthier. Yes. Not necessarily. but Yeah, most yeah. of the time, definitely. So let me jump you back to the meat counter, whether it's already sliced for you and it's hanging up in a little plastic thing, or I've gone to get the uh, smoked mesquite turkey sliced oh, lunch meat. Lunch meats. Right? It's, it's turkey. Lunch meats are really processed. Yeah. I mean, they're just really high in sodium. There is a reason that they can sit for so long. And there's a reason only two slices between two pieces of bread taste so good. Correct. Because try remember what turkey tastes like without gravy at Thanksgiving? Yes. 
It's just kind of like a bit it's dry. plain, but it's plain. Yeah, it's dense with protein, but not very flavorful, if you will. So, are we seeing all kinds of stuff in lunch meat? Then are we seeing stuff for color? We're seeing stuff for taste. We're yes. seeing yeah. So we're seeing color. We're seeing taste. We're seeing nitrates, binding nitrites. agents to put turkey together so it all sticks together in a round piece. Yeah, because what you know at Thanksgiving what turkey really looks right, like. Right. Right. And then when you are at the deli counter what the turkey looks like there. There's a difference. Do you ever buy processed meats for the kids? Are you ever, um, come on, do you ever do bologna so, or anything? No, not no. Bologna, but hot dogs, but I do buy a brand that, that doesn't, that is organic and doesn't have that. But it's meat. Yes. It's not like a veggie hot it's dog. It's like a processed meat. Yeah. 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 Still. So again, moderation. Yeah. Okay. So if we want to do a takeaway on all of this, try to avoid that category of ultra-processed. Yes, right? whenever you can. Yeah. Especially since we know the impact chemically in the body with hormones, us wanting that more, mm-hmm. us how that chemical imbalance happens with the ghrelin and the, that hunger hormone and that yeah. craving. Um, and then we know it's filled with things, sodium, extra fat, extra sugar, extra additives, preservatives, to help that shelf life. So the closer we can be to the tree, to the plant, whatever it is, that even the farm, yeah. right? The or, even organic meat, which you mm-hmm. can find. Yeah, it is more expensive, but if you want mm-hmm. grain-fed beef, you can find it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so just, just try. Yeah. Especially if you are eating something all the time. If you are having, I keep saying peanut, but if you have yogurt every single day mm-hmm. and that's one of your go-tos, then try to pick one that's better for you. All right. Well, you've encouraged me. And the other encouragement I just want to point out is that on the perimeter, there is the angel food cake in that thing. (laughs) Huh? It's out there. You go past the veggies and you turn left at the meat counter. And right there, I'm telling you, it's got that black plastic bottom with the clear top. And then you're going to put your organic berries on top of it. And a little yogurt. (laughs) Bada bing, bada boom. I'm healthy. Grace DeRocher, thank you. Good to have you with us again. Thank you so much. Uh, If you want to learn more about this podcast, we want you to do so. First of all, thanks for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. If you like this episode and you want to learn more previous episodes, you know, keep up with us and what's coming. Check us out at ahealthiermichigan.org slash podcast. Or you can leave a review or rating on iTunes or Stitcher. You can get new episodes on your smartphone or your tablet. And you can subscribe to us as well on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you've got an app, you probably will find us there as well. I'm Chuck Gatica. Thanks for checking it out. <laughs>